You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey guys, how's it going? Sorry we missed last time, but it was what Easter and or was that two times ago? I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever it was, we're sorry. We, we you know life gets in the way. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say just uh, just to peel the curtain back for our lives here. Uh, I was having internet trouble, and uh, nothing tests your relationship with anybody, friends, roommates, significant others, more than not having internet for three days. That was a rough one. You mean you actually had to like spend time with them and stuff? Yeah, well, what we ended up doing uh, is um, we played a lot of like retro games. So we were playing tons of like Mario Party 3 and, uh, you know, N64 and all that jazz, which was nice. And then we went to PAX the weekend after um, and we were still like feeling nostalgia for it. So I ended up buying a F-Zero X and um, NBA Jam, which apparently I didn't have. Oh, like original NBA Jam or like tournament edition or? Original. Nice. Although I do got to say it's it's lacking a little bit. There's like not a lot going on there. Yeah, tournament edition when you can actually have the rosters and move them around and stuff, that's that's a sweet spot. Yeah, because like it seems like the, the shtick so far is you get the ball, just go dunk the ball. Right. There's like I mean, no reason to pass it or go for threes or anything. Unless you get on fire, then you're just like, yeah, then you might as well shoot it from wherever the hell you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's what that is. But I did miss the show and I'm happy to be back. Yeah. So uh, we are, as always, a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting family. You can check us out at uh, brokenjars.xyz. I have a new podcast. So if you're into simulation modeling engineering, um, you have a podcast now, which there's like 12 of us. So you probably don't care. Uh, but uh, we also have our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash broken jars. Um, if you would like to give us some of your hard earned money. Uh, if you would like to help me out, I'm doing something for my little brother and his family. Uh, they, he's had some issues with addiction and meth and rest and all this other stuff. Long spiel, but there's a link in the GoFundMe. So if you want to help me out, do something special for him for his uh, birthday that's coming up, uh, that'd be great. If not, you know, just skip over this and we'll get to the episode right now. Boom. Unless Jerry wants to say something. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. I got nothing. Uh, um, so we got two episodes for you. We are right in the middle of season seven, and we're going to kick it off with Wolf.com. Right. Uh, directed by Danny Liner. Liner? Yeah, I'll take I'm, it. I've realized with this show, like, I'm terrible with names. Like, I have no idea how to pronounce anything. Oh, yeah. No, no idea. And written by Aaron Schuer. Good old Aaron Schuer. Um, so- yeah, this is a this is a pretty sort of iconic cold open where they there's a power outage and it resets the server. Mm-hmm. So they have so they're trying to get into this server and they're trying to re- figure out what the password is. So they do some um, some little mental recall. They're like, okay, well, an IT guy probably set it up. So who are IT guys? And we go through this list of. Uh, IT guys that we've seen, plus people that we haven't seen. Mostly people we haven't seen, actually. Right. And, you know, it's very, you know, from what we saw in lecture circuit, very Michael, you know, glasses, turban, ear hair, fatty three, so-and-so, fatty two, coffer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fatso. Um, and it seems like this was set up, like, way back with, I think, fatso. Right. Well, they said it was eight years ago, so that would have been, what, like, 2003 for the office? So yeah. before the show started. You know, essentially. Um, so there's a lot of uh, options uh, going around how to solve this password issue. Dwight uh, is very logical about it by starting with zero 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 one. Right, but the thing is, like, even then, you don't even know how long the password is, right? Right, right. It could have just been zero one two. Yeah. Right. Um, so they they try to look at who this IT guy was, and I guess this person said the password and it offended Pam. But Michael thought it was funny. That's right. <laughs> uh, so someone says, try big boobs. Someone else adds, try it with a Z. And it works. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you, is it big, was it just big boobs generally? Or was someone making a reference towards Pam? Uh, I mean, could have been. I mean, that seems like egregious, right? Like particularly bad if someone looks at Pam and then makes the office password this thing. I'm hoping it's more like these two 
dudes, Michael and uh, Fatso or whichever IT guy was, they're just like, this is a funny thing. How right? We- like, I don't know. I just never thought of. I mean, if I was gonna look at her, I'd be like, I mean, she's not small, but she's not big either. I mean, <laughs> that would be the first thing that popped in my head if I, you know, were like, oh, I'm gonna make a password. Big boobs because of ham. Okay, okay. I don't know what type of pornographic films you may be watching, Jacob, but I, <laughs> I would like to think that Jenna Fisher is pretty well endowed. But uh, I mean, she's not small, but she's not like big. Medium boobs with his Yeah, she's, she's medium boobs. Boy, all of the female <laughs> listeners are now gone. <laughs> yep. All three of you. Bye. <laughs> it was nice that. knowing you. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so that's it. Everything's back. It's great. Everybody's happy. Right. We we get in we get in the episode and the big sort of A storyline is Wolf.com. So we've seen it. Like our first introduction to Wolf was in the season opener, right? Mm-hmm. And the uh whatever the, the, the lip sync. And right. it is right. essentially it will send a if you send one message to Wolf, it will get in touch with you. Yeah, it does a text message, a phone call through multiple different phones um a fax email i assume you have to set all this stuff up i would imagine that's right so which you know in general is actually a really good idea if you weren't ryan you know it's something right it's something that a, a company could really kind of take and run with because if you think about it depending because like what do you think this is like a a consumer to consumer product like twitter or are you thinking like business to consumer? Or, I mean, all the above. I mean, think, I mean, you know, hypothetical, you know, your significant other has some kind of medical thing or is pregnant and they all have to do is click one button and no matter where you are in the planet, it's going to find you. I mean, that would have some real applications or, you know, be able to do stuff like your active shooter alerts or, you know, things like that. It would be, I mean, it's much more of a pedestrian sort of, emergency notification which they get into in the uh in the episode but i mean that is not a terrible idea granted now with smartphones being what they are you know they try to serve that purpose right now they do i mean granted back what this was 2011 i mean it wasn't quite the same and we still had notifications and stuff but i mean i can someone can fit send me 30 different notifications to my phone right now from you know twitter and text and discord and skype and everything else emails yeah (laughs) um so we find out that uh quite a few people in the office are actually invested into woof.com right so how much like I mean, it can't be that much money, right? Or do you think it's like, well, like 500 bucks, $1,000? Like from Pam or how much Ryan's per person? Like what's the investment for? So it was- yeah, I mean, it's got like a grand at most. I mean, I, I don't know the technology behind what Ryan's doing. Uh, like, because is this like all fresh tech that he's doing? Or is he have a middleware that connects to the various other systems that will do that for him. Well, I mean, that's a good question. It's something I was going to bring up later, but now is a good time as any. Like, do you think Ryan has the technical prowess to pull off Wolf? From what we've seen from Ryan, do you think he has the, like, because that's some pretty serious, you know, back-end coding you got to do to get all this stuff to link up, unless he's just like, skip, you know, back, you know, piggybacking on someone else's tech. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't think... <laughs> I think it's probably piggybacking. I mean, one, this is like right in the middle of like skeevy Ryan, right? He's got nude photos of Kelly. He's, you know, trying to trying to position himself as this like uh, Zuckerberg kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I think he's just uh, he's he's Frankenstein something together with stuff that exists. <laughs> you know, some like hacker would be just sitting there like collecting all this data because there's no security it's like the password is like password for the, for the main database yeah. yeah i'd like to see ryan have to talk at congress about it <laughs> well he did have to testify in his own defense i i'm guessing for trying to you know destroy dunder mifflin three seasons right. ago right it, what i love is like uh so ryan's using the color printer in the office and aaron is not happy about it like, look at all this color. Like, he's wasting all this stuff. And she, like, she tries to go to Pam, and, like, Pam shuts her down. Right. 
Um, yeah, and then and that's kind of like the first reveal there is that she's kind of being biased toward Ryan to be able to print out these marketing materials. But um, we find out the other people who are investing. So Michael, mm-hmm. Daryl, right, Andy, and Stanley, right, are, are all uh, investors into this lovely, lovely business that Ryan's got rocking. Right, and uh, wow, I just totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, we 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 all, we do learn later that Michael's like the majority shareholder. So I guess like Michael's probably dumped like several thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And how much like you know they run so many like side projects out of the office. I wonder how much of the Dunder Mifflin all like office budget, like printers and all like printer ink and all that stuff, actually goes to work, and how much of it is just like people using it for their own personal projects. That is a great point. <laughs> Probably too much. Um, I wonder if they noticed the odd uh, odd numbers at the Scranton branch back in the season three, and maybe that could have been why they're like, there's just too much loss over here. Let's just cut them because these people don't know how to not print shit. Uh, it, like the uh, sort of the, the B storyline rolling through all this is Dwight's hay place. So he... Uh, Brings in all this hay to the parking lot for, you know, it's a Thanksgiving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, and we learned that the, you know, the petting zoo is open till through till two and the goat, goat roast is at three. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, I wonder, had, yeah, I wonder why they're so close together. Have you ever had goat? It's pretty tasty. Have I ever told you my terrible story about goat? Yes, chicken? yes that's right. That's right. You yeah. did tell us about the, your terrible story. Yeah. That being said, I might've eaten goat. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was not the most forthcoming person when it came to uh, that kind of food stuff, but uh, right. yeah. And we uh we learned that like Dwight's uncle had like hay he would make a hay place and like his cousin called it Hay World right and they they like got lawyers involved to like figure out what it would be called yeah yeah like I, I want to see like young Dwight in a suit like sitting there like trying to like argue legal precedent from like 1742 (laughs) right exactly exactly it's like uh, you know my cow peed on that hay so technically i own it (laughs) well you know dwight being dwight he would pull in some like obscure law from like your jerk like the german you know well i was gonna say i could see him maybe even go further back to like germanic tribes yeah like tribal <laughs> like laws. traditional yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's and he's got all types of weird things so there's the there's the labyrinth there there's uh jumping hay bales mm-hmm. not to be confused with the show hay bales which are just there to look at uh, he offers a roll in the hay for five bucks. Yeah. Do you think uh, Dwight sees the euphemism in that? Uh, no. No, I, I, I agree. I don't think He's so. He's got the um, the hay ride where they put him in a box, like close up a box truck with some bales of hay. Yeah, so it's like pitch black in there and a bunch of kids are in the back of a truck while it drives a block or whatever. And this is one of the, the things that always shows up on Reddit every once in a while where like, the guy, the kid who ends up playing his nephew in season nine is one of the kids in the truck. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, his sister's uh, kid. Yeah. yeah. And we see, yeah, we see him more like one more time in that terrible backdoor pilot. Yeah. It was great. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to get there. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, this other thing that's going on, so kind of like a C storyline. Yeah, it's both these episodes have a very ABC structure. Yeah, it's because like none of these stories like matter in the long scheme of things, so they yeah. just kind of chuck quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jim's on a hot streak, right? So he's making big sales; they're coming in fast, and he he should be based on Saber's uh, rules, making quite a bit of money, right? And then he hits his commission cap. Which, which is a is brand a, new thing. Right. So I, I, this is something that's always bothered me. Like, it, why would they change their mind so drastically from sales as king to like a less than a year later commission cap? Yeah, I wondered if maybe, like, is it possible that the Dunder Mifflin branch was doing too well? well yeah. I don't understand pricing models, so I don't know at what point could it be that you're selling so much but the commissions for the reps is causing you to lose money. That might not even make sense math wise, but I mean, you would, you would think that that wouldn't be possible, right? You know, they would get a percentage. I mean, unless you were just cutting 
like cutting your like margin so thin it just doesn't make sense like this is one of the few well not one of the few things but this is definitely one of the things where i'm just like this is done just for the story and it bothers me yeah yeah it's not great and i mean it seems like oddly enough that jim is the one who hits the cap and not like dwight who's been proven to be an award-winning sales representative right but dwight's been busy this year with the new building uh so maybe he's still doing good but but he also said that you know jim got on a hot streak so maybe he just like racked up four or five real big sales in a row and there's no telling maybe it's like a quarterly thing or yeah i mean i guess uh jim being a slacker it seems odd that he'd be the first one to hit that cap and not well, I mean, as he does say, he can convince Cece to have mush carrots oh. over a boob. And if he can convince a, the kid, he can convince anybody. I mean, you might want want to go for some mush carrots considering you're not a fan of Jenna Fisher's breasticles. That's oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. It's already been recorded. It's done, man. <laughs> no, Jenna, if you're listening, I, I love you. God, if you're listening, please stop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. Quick side note: I don't know if you how inst- how Instagrammy you are, eh. but Angela Kinsey has an Instagram, and um, there is a fan Instagram of hers that is specifically about a jacket she has called Angela's Vending Machine Jacket. So I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, clothing company Uniqlo. No, lots of Asian imagery, very like kind of simple clothing, but like bold colors, yada, yada. It doesn't matter. There's a vending machine, I guess, that sells jackets and regular jackets, like $70, $80, $100 jackets, but they're just tightly bundled into like a thing, kind of Japanese style, how you can get everything in a vending machine. So Angela had taken a picture of her buying this jacket on Instagram. And over the course of the time she's owned it, taken quite a few pictures with the jacket just because she needed a jacket, right? Right. So this person noticed it and created a whole Instagram account just based on reposting pictures of Angela's jacket. <laughs> and it's like, it's got tons of followers. It's like almost as many followers as she does. It was like, it was reported on BuzzFeed, which is not that hard because people submit shit, but you know, crazy, very crazy. It's a, it's an interesting thing to watch because who the hell cares? Anyways, back to Jenna Fisher's boobs. Um <laughs> Yeah, so no, I mean that could be. I mean, like you said, it's really just for the story, so whatever. But um Right, well, but uh this does kind of come back into play a little bit where because this is the the birth of Lloyd Gross, who they make up to circumvent the sales cap. Right, right, right. Uh so and that that drives a plot to near the tail end of season eight. Yeah, right. That's right. Um so Jim finds himself with nothing to do. I think I would have gone home. Well, I mean, he's got Pam there, so you know, she. I would have gone home and just come back and picked her up if I like. There's no reason to be there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I've never been and never want to be a salesperson, so I'm curious what like a work agreement looks in that regard. So they can't make commission, and I would imagine that their salary is was. I mean, is it wholly based on commission only? Well, you. Well, the question is, is it? Is it salary? Are they salaried? Or are they hourly? If they're salary, he's going to make that money regardless. Right. Right. And since he's already maxed out his commission, he, you know, in my mind, he is, um, he's fulfilled his duty for his salary right. and his commission. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel I probably would still show up. I'm always worried about getting fired. You know, that's that's how I live. But well, I mean, <laughs> show up, but you you leave at lunch. I mean. <laughs> Well, you have a long lunch, you know, yeah. the line at Chick-fil-A was too long. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I've been out for three hours. So. Or you just go like to the sports bar and we have a few beers. And then oh, come, yeah, back. You know, come back with a couple bags from GameStop. Oh, sorry. There was a sale. <laughs> um, let's see. So what else is going on here? Oh, uh, well, if we find out that Stanley wants a decommissioned lighthouse. That'll take him to space. Right. He, so there's this whole long explanation. Well, I did, I because I, I was curious. Uh, you can actually buy decommissioned lighthouses, and some of them are very expensive because they're very not like some people have like completely revent like renovated these things. And, right. You know, depending on where they are, because they're lighthouses, obviously they're near the ocean. Uh, you can, uh, you know, they're they're very expensive, like one point five million. But if I had the money, I'd probably buy one because they look really nice. Yeah. Uh, if wouldn't there be like weathering issues? flooding i mean there could be 
I mean, it really depends on where the lighthouse is. You know, if, if it's if it's way up on a like a a, a cliff or something, mm. that may not be a big deal. Because Bioshock has taught me that there's not really rooms in a lighthouse. There's like the bottom, and then there's like the top. Right. Well, the ones I was looking at, like they were there was like a bo- There was like a house house that the lighthouse was like a part of. To. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Mm. No, I want to live in the lighthouse. I want all my walls to be slightly rounded and throw off all of my posters and shit like that. And with with an elevator down to Rapture. God no. God no. That place is a mess. <laughs> they got to call some cops down there or something. Or uh, up to Columbia. Yeah, Columbia. A little bit better, but I'm brown, so I don't know if I'd fare well there either. So I think just a regular old lighthouse with no elevators going up or down. <laughs> let's let's stay here. Uh, um, and Dwight, uh, Ryan's talking to Oscar, and we find out that Wolf has nine solid days before they run out of money. Right. So is it like that they like after, at the end of nine days they can't afford the server space anymore? Like what what is the cost structure? Is it just like servers and that kind of thing, or is he just like burning money on? Well, we know he's burning money on stupid shit, but right, yeah, that's what I figured. Like maybe in nine days the next bill is due for his server costs or whatever, and like that's when he's going to be out. Right, and and Michael's not happy because earlier in the episode they talked about doing an investor ski trip, and right. he already bought the poles. That's right, the most essential part of your skiing attire, just the poles. <laughs> and then I actually do own my own snowboard, so that was that's one of my my cool things. I haven't used it in forever, but I do own it. That's cool. I uh, I went. Uh, we had like a ski club at my high school, but it really was an annual field trip to a skiing place. Like it was hardly a club. Mm-hmm. No one talked about it, you know. You just went. Someone made out in the back of the bus, and it was creepy. And then you got hurt, and then came back. Um, and I had gone to snowboard, and I'd never snowboarded, so I rented one. And my first time down a hill, I kind of like tripped up, fell on my back, and slid because it was very icy. My jacket comes up, and then untucks my sweater and my shirt and everything. And I just had this crazy ice burn across my back. It was terrible. That's so, uh, but that's cool. You have snowboards. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm not very athletic, I guess. That's what, that's what I've learned through my 30 years of life. I'm just, you gotta take a, like, if you go, just anyone listening, you go ski, snowboard, take lessons. Don't try to do it on your own. You're going to get yourself hurt. Take lessons. Yeah. You know, cause I, cause I skateboard. I was like, maybe that translate and it does not. It but, does. Inline skating translated to ice skating, kind of a bit. Yeah, well, it's much more of a similar motion. That's why I thought it would work out, but mm-hmm. boy, howdy, was I wrong. <laughs> so we've we've got this like invest or you know border essentially board of directors meeting with everybody in the conference room talking about Wolf and mm-hmm. how they have a they have an offer from Washington University, and but then Ryan goes on this marketing pitch about like, oh look, it's. Yeah, we got T-shirts and condoms. <laughs> Who's right. that in the helicopter? Yeah. Oh, look, it's Ryan from Wolf. Wolf guy. Yeah. And and I did I did look at it. So five hundred custom condoms cost you about seventy five cents a condom. So that's but that's like a wholesale price. Yeah. So so he was talking. I think he said he had fifty thousand of them. So you, I'm guessing he spent like twenty five grand on Wolf condoms. <laughs> Do you think he approached Michael's grandma? <laughs> well, I mean, you, I mean, he did. Michael did make money on that investment, so maybe. Right. It could be. <laughs> and then we have this whole, you know, Facebook s thing where, you know, Kelly is saying it's her idea and she's going to sue him. Yeah, that she's being uh, one of those kids called the Winkleboss twins. Winkleboss, yeah. Um. Pam dropping bombs on Mike. Oh yeah, like she's like. Uh, oh, I, I scrolled way too far. You don't. Yeah. that's my bad. <laughs> I was like, like, yeah, there's we? a scene. It's really funny where like Michael is in the break room sorting trash into whites and colors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pam's actually the first time I caught this. Pam's like, we don't do that. And one, you don't separate trash into whites and colors. That's but right. He's like, he's like, just did it for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> He's been doing this for eight years. And Pam just kind of like gets get in his face about like, look, Ryan doesn't like you nearly as much as you like him. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just to hop back to the, I have seen like you, you recycle brown glass and green glass and clear glass differently. I can see that. But that like, is the, the coloring is due to different yeah. properties of the glass itself. Yeah, so I'll say that. So maybe Michael had heard that like loosely and just thought it was all <laughs> garbage things. Uh, I want to know, like, do you think he was also doing this at his house? Oh, or yeah, it is con- sure. like everywhere, yeah. And Jan <laughs> like, probably never even brought it up. She's just like, oh boy, that's a weird Michael thing. And you know, like he probably like left notes on each stack of of trash, right? Like, yeah, you know, for for the, for the trash cats. They're like, what the fuck is this? Shit? Yeah. <laughs> so part of uh, Jim being bored is he's going around trying to find anything to do. Yeah. And Cree's like, hey, I hear you're looking for work, kid. And he goes like in his really creepy thing about his pretty long arms. Yeah. <laughs> it's super creepy. Yeah, this it kind of reminded me of like Office Olympics, except no one's got a game. It, it, it yeah, it becomes like this weird like let's learn about different areas of the office here. Yeah. Like he like yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like, wow, Creed, you're weird. Yeah. Um Let's see. Um, my majority shareholder first appearance of the senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the senator shows up. So this is a big storyline. You know, it starts something that lasts through the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we meet the senator. Seems super nice. And I don't know the actor's name who plays the senator, but every time I've seen him, he's always been like a really like terrible person. Uh, well, so. The only other time I recall, and I saw him first on Heroes, right? Right. Um, and he wasn't like terrible, terrible. We thought he was terrible for a while. Mm-hmm. And he ends up being just like an overprotective dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, He was in Castle, the show with Nathan Fillion. I never saw that show. Uh, it, the first three or four seasons are great, but he plays a bad guy in there that's like, like he's sort of the big bad that lasts for like four or five seasons then I can see why people would think he's not such a hot guy. But every time I see him, he seems like a terrible person. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Well, so his character is not great here either, Um, but he's got his kid and he's uh, trying to enjoy that hay place. um, And he bumps into Angela. That's, you know, what they say. uh, The rest is history. The rest is history. Yes. So do you, I kind of wonder if the, the writer's, knew where they were going with the senator like do you, do you think that when they brought do you think this was meant to be just like a cameo or was it like uh like something more like do, do you think they had a plan for him when they brought him in uh, i think they had a plan um i guess i couldn't guess as to how far um they had planned on making the story go out, but it's by the end of season seven that um, Oscar, or at least even season seven, Oscar's already saying he thinks the senator's gay, you know? Uh, I think it's actually in like the next episode or two. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it had, I think it starts the Christmas party. Um, Cause I'm trying to think um, it's not until season nine that it's revealed that Oscar has been banging the senator. Is that right? I thought there were some in season eight. Yeah. So maybe it's like a, hinted at but i guess we get the confirmation in nine but then they break up in nine also i mean everything happens in nine because that's the end but right yeah so i don't know i mean because I, I guess it could have easily have been a thing that fell off i mean they get married in season eight mm-hmm. and there's a child in season eight even right. though it's probably dwight's because of all that <laughs> all that contractual banging well no but that the the child was not from the contractual banging she was cheating on the senator with dwight Oh, right, right, right. So after the contract. Mm-hmm. Also. Right, because at the end of this episode, she voids the contract. Right, that's right. So it kind of makes me wonder what in the contract allowed her to void it that Dwight couldn't, because he wanted to void it, but he was obligated. So I wonder, like, what kind of clause in there? Like, why does she get the I found somebody clause or maybe maybe it's a mutual mutual dis, mutual dissolving clause where like she knew she wanted out, so if she says it's out, it's done, it's done. I don't know. Right, because he's been hinting at it, and if she agrees, then it's done. Right. Yeah, that could be. Um, either way, 
the love between Angela and Dwight is real. Yep. Contract or none. That's what the whole show is here to teach us. <laughs> it is. It is. And Angela, like Angela, it's, it's a weird thing because like Angela is very, I mean, tend to be a very moral kind of person, but like Dwight's her sticking spot. Like, she, like she want, like she's got to have the, the D uh, from Dwight. Right. She's got to have D's D. Yeah. I mean, got to, yeah. So it's, it's such a weird thing that she's like, always going back to him you think eventually she just stop right yeah uh it's hard to explain um but relationships make people do weird things i think is all i can say about that <laughs> yeah we all have that one person or had that one person that we just like kept getting drawn back to it's terrible <laughs> uh, so it yeah well it's sort of two big things coming on like uh Ryan's trying to convince Michael to get a second mortgage on his condo. Right. Which would be terrible. Everybody's everybody's doing it though. No one regrets it. <laughs> um and there's this great intervention with like everyone else. They pull like Daryl just like rips Ryan out of his little closet office, which I think I would love to have. Like a little like I well, I would love to have a door. If I could have a door, I'd be happy. Door's nice. I don't know if I'm a fan of having your back to that door. Like, I'd maybe try to put myself at least sideways. Yeah. I mean, it's a closet. He doesn't have a lot of options in terms of feng shui, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of being stared down by all of his investors, and they're just like, you got to sell your little dope. Um, and, then, like, Michael comes in and is like, look, I'm not going to sell. But he, he, like, gives it to Ryan. He's like, look, you've got nine days to save all, all of our money. Right. And I don't know, like, I feel feel that michael had an idea that ryan would sell like this is sort of one of those might you know closing up of the michael storyline in the office and michael getting some win right and, and like you know a real kind of look at michael's skill as like reading people and stuff you know mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm watching the beginning of the series again and i just went through the chili's episode and like michael's got skills right right it's He's, what makes like, him a great sales guy Right. So like in this instance, yeah, he like knows this thing about Ryan, even though he's lying to himself about the friendship. Um, yeah. And right. The show wants us to see that again before. Michael well, and, you know, even in that spiel is like, look, Ryan's a terrible friend. Yeah. But he's a right. smart per. you know, he's smart and he sh- shoots super high and all this other stuff. So I think it was a really savvy move on Michael's part to not force Ryan to do something, but sort of force Ryan to do something. Right. Because Ryan's always kind of just run away, you know, when things have gotten really hard. Yeah. It's kind of his shtick. Yeah. He went to... Or he'll go to jail. Yeah. Or he goes to Thailand or... Yeah. Yeah. The Silicon Prairie or wherever the hell he went in um, Tallahassee. Did he just go back to Scranton? I think so. Yeah. Um, But it works. It ends up working out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't take too long and Ryan comes back to Michael's office. Oh no. Does he wolf it to him? He wolfs it to everybody that like he sold. That's right. Yeah. I wonder Uh, like how much, like this is also another weird question. Like, yeah. So it's the Washington university public health fund is what, what, how much were they, were they willing to pay for that domain? Right. Because all the investors got their money back. Right. Right. So like, to me, if you're a big thing and you really want that one specific thing, like maybe five grand. Right. I mean, and it's not like, it's not like it's a, a specific URL, like, you know, sales.com or something, you know, something big. Yeah. It's a assortment of letters. Mm-hmm. .com. So like, I don't know, like maybe five, maybe $5,000. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. So it's it's really hard to say how much money had been dumped into Wolf. Well, because also, too, in terms of like that particular part of Washington University, it's like how much money do they have? Like what are they doing? Why do they need a website? Right. Like the it's kind of like the lamer part of Washington University. Yeah, there's no talent. Uh, I mean, granted, if, if it's anything like UPMC is here in Pennsylvania, it's huge. Right. Because uh, the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center is the largest employer in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm. I mean, so if it's like that, then yeah, they got billions of dollars. If not, then it's, you know, probably right. not. It just probably. really depends. 
Well, and two, just like, I don't know. Do, do they need a .com? Their university, <laughs> could they do an EDU? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, then, like, so we have this sort of monologue voiceover from, from Michael where he's like, you know, Ryan, he's, he's a Jack and, you know, Ryan or Jim, Jim's an ace. Dwight's the king up my sleeve, which is not the expression. That's right. Oscar is my queen. It's like, oh, please give you something easy. Yeah. Uh, Pam's a solid seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, solid seven. Like, seriously, Michael, come on. She's at least an eight and a half. Probably. Least, well, I mean, especially in Scranton. I mean, she's got to be a nine in Scranton. <laughs> well, I, and you know what? If you're from Scranton, fuck you. That's what you get. Live in a real place. <laughs> What did, I was trying to remember what Ryan ranked her in season five. Was it like a, a screen? It was, eight? Like a, it was like a, yeah, like a screen eight and like a New York city, like six or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh Ryan, you're a terrible person. Yeah. And so we, we sort of um, roll up this episode with, cause Jim's been trying to figure out something to do. And earlier uh, Gabe sort of like pulled him aside. Like, can you please look busy? This looks bad. And he, gives him this whole spiel about sometimes you have these policies you don't like, like my gym allowing full nudity in the, in the dressing room or whatever. And so like Jim edits very well, which I'm, you know, it's obviously not him doing it, but right. edits a thing where, you know, uh, Joe's calling and he gets Gabe to listen to, I guess the entire audio book. Yeah. Cause it's what he does. It like, he cuts out like three, like he cre- re- he creates three new sentences mm-hmm. to start this whole thing, and then yeah, he, then he just plays the audio book that he stole these sentences from. Um, yeah. and, and it's just funny watching Jim like figure out Gabe, yeah, yeah, out of Gabe, Gabe yeah, Gabe Bastard. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the ensemble episodes. Uh, I like when everybody's kind of involved or whatever. Ryan. I, I don't think I'll ever be a fan of Ryan again, though. He's just so far away and such a weird guy. So the fact that it focused on him isn't great, but I'm going to give it a 3.7 out of 5 baby carrots. Nice. Yeah, I, I was watching this episode, and it's it's fun. It's light. It's pretty breezy because of the ABC storylines. And I feel like I like this episode more than I should. Like, objectively, I should probably give it a lower score, but I'm going to give this um, 4 out of 5 solid 7s. Nice. Swing I, could, swing. I couldn't resist the number play in there. Right. <laughs> uh, so next up, we've got China. Season 7, episode 10. Written by Charles Mc... Nope, directed by. Directed by Charles Mc- McDougal. McDougal and written by Halstead Sullivan and Warren Lieberstein. Ah, Toby bro coming yeah. in. Toby bro. Um, real, real quick aside, so I had sent you this article that was making its rounds across the internet, but that oral history of dinner party, mm-hmm. fascinating read, really. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah. sh- you, sh- you should Google it. So it was a Rolling Stone article, I think. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. The oral history of the dinner party. I, that is, it's a long read, but it's worth every minute of yeah. it. Yeah. Every, every statement said is just fascinating. Mm. Uh, so you watch that and then watch the bloopers for season four. I, I need to like. Now that I know there is an extended dinner party episode, I have to find it. Yeah, right. Like there right, is right. an officially cut, and apparently it was on iTunes for a while. Like, and NBC, I guess, pulled it. Yeah, yeah. No, like a twenty-eight minute version of that episode. Yeah. I couldn't imagine another seven more minutes. I mean, it's a that's another third of like a third more of dinner party. Could you imagine? Yeah. No, I, I don't want to imagine it. It's terrible. Uh, okay, China. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we open up with. Uh, Dwight, he is trying to do everything with his feet. Yeah. Uh, because apparently that's a important thing to him. Yeah, he's, you know, Dwight's always just trying to be the peak human form, you know. But is it though? Is it though? I mean, it, we 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 evolved to quit using our feet like that, so maybe it's not the peak human form. Yeah, I mean, he makes a comment about how, like, primates are able to do it and, like, maybe that they're a little bit more efficient or something like that. I guess. I mean, but I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And ultimately it doesn't work out for him because through the hilarity, he spills hot coffee. on Right. His own. Jim, Jim being nice. him, he's like, brings him hot coffee. But what I love about it is Dwight's like, he knows what's going to happen. And right. he does it anyway. Like he's not going to back down. And Jim like gives him the hand for the high five and undaunted. He like gives him the foot for the high five. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he tries to like not right. The, um, Gives him the coffee, and then he's like, "All right, Dwight, I'm just kidding. Like, don't do this, obviously." Right, and Dwight. Dwight yeah, I, I love it. I love it. He's just like, "Yep, this is this is how it's gonna go." Terrible. Um, so the actual episode starts, and Michael comes into the office, and he is in a bit of a panic. Right, uh, because everything is made in China. Because there was like he read a Newsweek article about China and how they were really growing and all this other stuff. Uh, right. Uh, which, you know, this is exactly the thing that Michael would freak out about. And right. exactly, like, I feel like this is like a very, very, very in-character study of Michael here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He uh, hasn't fully absorbed what he read, even though what he read probably had opinions in it. He's right. just feeling stressed out about having the information now, you know? Mm. Right. And it's also funny because, like, you know, we're, there's this like trade war thing going on, which kind of ended quickly, but still, you know, having this come back up in today's society yeah, seven yeah. years later. But it, it, but the thing is, like, even then, like manufacturing was starting to pull out of China, especially the like lower in manufacturing. So, like, even that information was dated. Right. Right. Um, yeah, everything's made in China. Um, I don't know why. Man, what the hell was it? You know, Peter Stormare. No. You ever watch Fargo, the flick? No. You ever watch Constantine? Yes. He was Lucifer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know why I did that. I should have just brought up Armageddon, which I'm sure you saw. <laughs> yes. It just made me think about like uh, him smashing everything with a wrench in the spaceship. He's all uh, like, you know, Russian components, American components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is which is true. Everything is made over there. Not anymore, though. Not, not with... Uh, if you're a Trump doing all the fun things he's doing with duties and stuff, but that's for another show <laughs> called I Barely Understand Politics, but I'm still mad about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's bugging out, and then eventually uh, Oscar tries to chime in and be the voice of reason. With his actually. Uh-huh. And um, it... As all arguments do nowadays, especially in an office that's connected to the internet, someone Googles it, and we find out that Michael is actually the more informed individual in the chat, and it kind of... Uh, About this one very one thing. specific thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's something that you sort of see getting built up in Oscar over the last, like, probably like half season or so, of him being this sort of know-it-all douchebag. Right, right. But everyone just is kneeling him incessantly about it, about how like Michael is smarter than Oscar. Right. Cause I, I guess Oscar, uh, and you kind of see this more in season eight, but Oscar fancies himself as the, uh, the smartest person in the office. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, oddly enough, also a quick aside, that's all I'm doing tonight. I barely want to talk about the shows. I just want to talk about things I've seen. Uh, there was a gift walking around of Oscar Nunez uh, participating in like a celebrity bowling tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently he's good because the gift showed him uh, throwing a strike and then coming back around and then laying on the ground before him and doing like a pose. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a bad ball. It wasn't a bad ball I threw. Yeah. Oh, you uh, saw it. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I posted it into the Discord. Oh, I didn't see it there. That's crazy. What am I supposed to check that thing every day? Uh, <laughs> kind of. It's for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I check it all the time. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, so what the other thing that's sort of going on, well, this, this is, again, an ABC storyline. So sort of the B or maybe A2 storyline is Dwight has started making all these changes to the building to right. save money. He's put in motion sensors, half-plied the toilet paper, which, you know what, I mean, at least in all the offices I've worked in, I don't know how you would split that toilet paper any thinner than it already is. Yeah, like, what the hell is half-apply? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, how is Stanley able to identify half-apply? <laughs> but you can buy three-ply toilet paper, and it's pretty nice. Well, that's what I mean. I always thought apply was just, like, one layer. 
Right, right. So then there's one layer, is one ply. So how do you know it's half a ply, Stanley? But it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't get quite started on how coddled the modern, modern anus is. <laughs> that's right, that's right. If he had his way, we'd all be sneezing into anuses, <laughs> strengthen them. <laughs> well, that's just like the start of a terrible, terrible porn. I mean, it's the kind of adult artistic film that we'd all be watching in college huddled around a laptop right there with two girls in one cup and cake farts. See, like, <laughs> I, I'm one of those people. Like, I, I don't, like, I, I live by the rule. You cannot unsee certain things. And that's, uh, that's why I just, like, I never saw two girls in one cup because I avoided it like the plague. Well, you're missing out, Jacob, because it's, ter- it's terrifying. It, it's disgusting. Uh, let me tell you the story about how I saw it. I was at a music festival in New York City. I was in the hotel room in between shows with all the other radio station kids I was sharing the room with because we were poor. Uh, someone pulls out their laptop and says, hey, you have to see this thing. Um, his co-host on his show was there, and he was like, I can't watch this again. So there's like eight of us huddled around a computer watching this terrible thing unfold and the other dude is across the room can't see it but like i don't know if the volume was on or if he's like looking at the way the light is flickering off our faces or whatever but as the screen gets worse you look up at him and he starts like almost throwing up and he's gagging and coughing and he's grabbing on the things to hold on to it's an art piece jacob and uh (laughs) but anyways it's terrible and it should be a crime that's really what that should be right and then like he puts up this like exterminator billboard thing on the building and so everyone's like coming down on pam like pam fix it you're the office administrator you know according to michael this is why he hired her as the office administrator right she did that's also correct yeah um but she yeah she she kind of steps it up and goes and she starts like let me have a uh, a meeting with dwight let's talk about it so she has to schedule a woman nate mm-hmm. <laughs> and like during their meeting in his office the lights go out right you gotta do one of these things here <laughs> what i love is like he she calls nate to schedule the meeting right and dwight who's sitting right across from pam is like hey tell her i'm busy and nate comes back and is like yeah dwight's being questioned by the police about dog nappings yeah <laughs> like of all the things to make up i mean come on <laughs> so um what do you what do you you disagree with the coddled anus? Is that what you disagree with, Jake? <laughs> Point number fifteen. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Jim says something to Dwight, and Dwight says, "I that's that's not a full sentence." And Jim's like, "I disagree." With I disagree it. with. That's right. That's right. Oh, I see. There it is. I get it. I get it. That's a it's an office joke. I never seen that show, so. Um, <laughs> um, so what? How does Michael find out about? The world's tallest man. Uh, Aaron is Googling or Wikipediaing stuff in his office because we know how much Michael loves Wikipedia. Yeah. So, and he says, so much for keeping our secrets up high, which is just terrible. <laughs> I mean, one, to think that's a legitimate strategy, and two, to think all Asian people, specifically Chinese folks, are that short that like they couldn't just get a ladder and reach up to something, <laughs> whatever it is. Let's see. Just because I had to look it up. Actually, the tallest known person was an american at eight foot 11 inches i mean living though or of uh, all time? i don't all time i don't know what living is yeah. i mean there's just so many people in in china that they're, they're you're gonna get some really uh eight foot one inch is the tallest living person uh i see eight feet 2.8 inches well his name is sultan kozin from turkey well that's from 2011 uh yeah Sultan took the title, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But there was this dude, Bao Zhushun, mm-hmm. uh, who was the tallest living man up until 2009. Right. Just does reference, and he was from China. There you go. <laughs> there's a billion There's a billion Chinese people. You're going to have some really tall people. and some really short people because, you know, just law of averages. Yeah, I mean, there are there's genetics. There's rules. Yeah. So it is just, that's kind of surprising. Uh, yeah, so whatever. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Windows is trying to start restart my computer. I'm not going to let it. Don't let it do it. <laughs> it threw me off. So what I, what I love is they're in the like the main office area. I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but 
Aaron brings up this idea of hiring somebody, taking out a giant life insurance policy on them, and then killing them for the money because right. she thinks they're doing that to her for right. some reason. Right, right. And Michael goes, I don't know what the fuck that was about. <laughs> I, I would love to see like a backstory, like just the inner workings of Aaron's mind. Because yeah. you know, it's like, like, a hall of mirrors, you know, sideshow thing. Yeah. Like I shouldn't laugh. She had a hard childhood, but still. I mean, please laugh. It's okay. <laughs> she can't hear us. Um, so we find out about Oscars actually stuff. Uh, there's a small story about texting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl is tired of Andy texting him all the time about nonsense, including are you watching this with Daryl in the same room, clearly watching what this is. Right. But I mean, we totally know that Andy would be that friend that you only reply to like one out of every 20 texts because 19 of them are, are just stupid. Yeah, it's like a meme that was on the front page of Imager or Reddit like two months ago. Right. And he just saw it reposted for the first time. Oh, uh, yeah. I would watch an entire show about Andy and Imager. Like him, like, kind of like yeah. memes around the office. <laughs> Um, so Oscar is the smartest guy in the office, right? Uh, yeah, at least that's what everyone kind of says. And that's what Michael says. He's the smartest guy in the office. I mean, what do you think? I guess they must be talking about like not just common sense, but like stuff. I mean, if you're going to go like book smart, like academic intelligence, I would probably go, yeah, Oscar. But I mean, there's so many different types of intelligence because Jim's obviously a sharp guy. Dwight is smart in his own way. I mean, he's a farmer, right? A successful beet farmer. Right. He can run his own business, that kind of stuff. But like, oh, it's sort of academia trivia knowledge. Definitely uh, Oscar. You know, Oscar is that guy. At least he seems like the guy who would actually read the entire Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Right. From right. end to end. Um, yeah. I mean, Ryan went to business school. That's worth anything. Didn't I mean, learn anything, but. It doesn't hurt, but you don't have to be that smart. I mean, I made it through with a three seven five out of business school. So. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, there's this great scene in there where the angel is in the break room and the lights go out, and she's too short to activate the motion sensors. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, going back for the uh, the side plot with the office itself, Pam, for whatever reason, decides to make up an office space. Yeah. I figure it's just kind of like bluff Dwight into being a better building manager, right? Right. And so, one, this seems to be her like MO for like being an office admin is just like full on corrupt. Right. That's <laughs> later. He's like, I'm full on corrupt. Or is that already, that hasn't happened with Andy's computer yet. I yeah, guess. not yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she bluffed her way into the position. But you got to figure there's probably some nice office spaces in that area right there's gotta be yeah it's a whole office park right but i mean just within you know you, you drop a pin on the office within a mile of that pin there's probably a dozen or more offices available to rent yeah well that's what i mean like i bet this whole part of scranton is just dedicated to offices and warehouses mm-hmm. yeah i mean that that would be the only issue is finding a place with the the warehouse yeah you don't necessarily have to be, you know, they don't have to be the same location, but it does it makes things easier? You can just I mean, go down there. The warehouse could stay there, really. He doesn't seem to be. Yeah, it doesn't have stuff. to move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, it would be nice. So maybe that would be a thing, but still. So it's like, it's got, it's by, it always smells like steak and it's on a bike path and it's got Korean. Korean dry cleaners and white nail people, which uh, is something yeah, for- the other way around. <laughs> Okay, white dry cleaners in Korean people, which is good for Kelly. Kelly for, likes it. <laughs> Kelly's so racist. It's She's pretty racist. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody seems to be digging on it, and it kind of seems like, what is it, in six months or so, Pam is going to work with people to get the office moved. Right. I think it was three, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And there's this great scene back in, like, the break room where they're all kind of there, and Michael walks in, and Jim's like, oh, look at all this brain power. And yeah. they start egging him on, and, like, you know, Oscar gets pissed, and this is when it comes up. You know, this is the story of actually. He's like, and, uh, there's this great line from Jim where he's like, yeah, Oscar really fits that old stereotype of the 
smug, smug gay Mexican. That's right. Now, as as a brown person, does that offend you? Like, wow, that's offensive, Jacob. Because I'm not Mexican. Uh, you're no. the yeah, I mean, I think uh, to enjoy well, it's tough because I guess to enjoy comedy, all you have to do is laugh at other people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you do have to kind of have a sense of like it's all jokes. I mean, also too, not for nothing, but uh, Oscar says he was born in America, so like his uh, you know his ethnicity is Mexican, but right. he he is just a straight old American gay guy, right? Living in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that is something like. I was thinking about in this episode is besides Michael, hmm. you don't really get a well, and Andy, in season, especially in season eight, a lot of these people just exist. You don't get a lot of like family backstory of, oh, this terrible thing happened. So this is why they are this way. Right. You know, right. most of these people, you know, Oscar just is who he is. It's not because he was raised a certain way or whatever. Yeah. Um, so is, I, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic that they don't, there's a lot of people that don't go beyond them. Like we never really see Jim's parents, right? Pam's family is really minor. Aaron doesn't have a family. Andy's parents are terrible. Dwight's, you sort of get some sense with Dwight a bit more, but you know, we, we do learn that like Michael's mom was terrible. Well, was his mom terrible? It seemed, well, it seemed like he had real problems with his mom's second husband right but there was something i remember we taught us talking about how like she seemed like she just didn't really understand it like uh, i don't i don't because like is it her fault that he dressed in suits or not (laughs) right someone someone had to get him those suits though yeah you know maybe it's just the way he was yeah he's just the way he was weird kid you know (laughs) you ever watched that movie with crispin glover called like i forget what it's called Wesley or something. I don't know, but the dude controls rats. That's like what Michael looked like. He looked like a dude who controls rats in a suit. <laughs> okay. It sounds like a terrible like D&D hook. Okay, there's this dude out there in a suit who controls rats. Go find him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's when you start like having people pretend they're the Pied Piper, right? <laughs> Crispin Glover's a weird guy, man. <laughs> Alright, so uh, yeah, and then um, what is, is it uh, Kelly who asks... Michael, how do you uh, open a new tab? Right. Control P. That's yeah. print. Not if it's not plugged in. Yeah, you're making some very dangerous assumptions, Oscar. <laughs> I love that. Like, he's just like, I, like, this is like really good showing of like Michael quick on his feet. Because we see it, you know, in, in the scene in the caffeine corner where he manages to flip the argument and sort of win, even though he technically loses. Right. That's right. Um, let's see. There's a parlay going on with pirate code. Uh, Creed can only understand it, but he can't speak it. <laughs> I want to know like what more pirate code there is. Yeah, I I think you know, uh, b- 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 pop it. That's the thing they say in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like that joke. Someone saw it and like it got out of hand in the writers' room, and someone's like, "All right, we'll just put." It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Well, that, what's great probably about writing jokes for Creed is like they don't need any buildup. No, no. You can say a weird thing and we could all just walk away from it. And He's got that unlimited crazy old man crazy currency. They can just say whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what man, what episode was I just watching? But like he, Creed comes in and starts eating out. It's um, when they go to the convention. So Creed comes in to ask Angela about the shekels she was right. passing out. And she leaves when uh, she's insulted about Pennsylvania or Philadelphia not being respected. Mm-hmm. So Creed sits down and starts eating her cup of noodles and then introduces himself to Meredith again. It's just like this whole slew of like weird ass <laughs> things where like we know Creed's known Meredith for at least three years. Right. So like why in this one instance is like, oh, I'm Creed. <laughs> Crazy dude. Um yeah, so Dwight painting such a terrible picture for Pam and Jim. Yeah, when she's like, Pam is up in the office, you know, during the parlay. Yeah. Like, you know, CeCe's going to be a stripper and Jim's going to turn to the bottle. Right, right. <laughs> it, like, no, CeCe's going to be dancing on your grave fully, fully clothed. clothed. Yeah, yeah. And because I, I think, yeah, at this point, or near this point is when Dwight figures out that Pam was lying. Right. 
Right. Um, him and Nate go to investigate and find out that there's actually no building at that address. Right. It's like, Pam, Pam, Pam. It's like what random one was like, I'm Pam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, as long as you're not a liar. And she's like, I've been known to stretch the truth. And it's like, damn it, Pam, get the hell out of here. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So then, you know, Dwight like starts to grill Pam on all of the, the details of the building, like wants to see the one sheet and then, and then, uh, Pam pulls Jim, like I made up the building. He's like, she's like, it's still on a bike path, right? He's like, no, it's not. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we see this sort of vulnerableness out of Pam about her insecurities about her career with art school and being a salesman and now failing as an office administrator. Right. I wouldn't say really failing. I don't know if she's actually doing anything besides collecting a paycheck. Well, and I think that's kind of what the point is. Yeah. She's just like, she's just there and it, it's not great for her. Um, they hug or whatever. Uh, but it seems Dwight might have the upper hand here. Jacob, how is this episode going to go? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's one of those things where you're like, well, this, this is kind of bad yeah. <laughs> for them. Yeah. Uh, and then we have this scene down in the caffeine corner where like Michael and, oscar talking and um like it's everyone's kind of watching even they're like sitting in the corner like sipping on their coffee like pretending not to pay attention but they are yeah and we didn't really touch up on it you wrote it we skipped it but like this is a it's like a coffee shop that dwight has set up Mm. like the numbers are crazy it's like eight bucks for a muffin it's like terrible but yeah everybody's sitting down there and they're they're partaking in dwight's confectionaries Mm mm-hmm um yeah and then oscar just kind of opens up the chat to talk about china right and he does it in such a weird way he's like i i asked you down here to talk to you about something and he starts like trying to like he starts like really hitting hard on michael like you know talk about manufacturing and like is that where we're going versus information technology which you know if you really want to get into that conversation it's a really interesting conversation but you know, this is the office so they don't but uh, well michael holds his own for a bit right uh, and he does some like smart things like trying to pull the conversation away to specific instances that michael is more privy to Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what Oscar ends up doing with this information stuff, information technology and all that jazz. Right. And Oscar's kind of, such a fucking douche. Yeah. Right. Like he's I, like, he's so smug about it and like goes to pay for everything. And then Michael's like, you know, this is what's great about America. I could fire you. And Aaron's like, oh, do it. Fire. Him. Right. Like right. Aaron loves Michael way too much. Way too much. Yeah. I, uh, it's weird. <laughs> well, and also too, I wonder too, if she's just like, she still thinks everybody in the office wants to kill her. So she's just like, let's get rid of all these people. It's <laughs> so Michael is just like, like back and forth. As long as we can do this, China will never win. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff, which is pretty funny. And it's like, if you dig long enough, you might get to China, but if you dig long enough in a conversation, you'll just find a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this great instance of just kind of grandstanding. Right, and I think Mike. I part of me doesn't know that Michael knows that he's not actually saying anything. <laughs> I think he thinks he had a real revelation and doesn't realize how like irrelevant and nonsensical it is. But because people start like, you know, are nodding their heads with him or whatever, you know, he just gets this momentum and it escalates into like this full on like USA, USA yeah. kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this is very Michael, right? We talk it like it reminds it reminded me of when he was um, meeting with David Wallace. He's like, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. His old improvisation. <laughs> it, this, uh, it kind of ends up with, um, we, so Nate drops a book. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, like a, a book of like municipal codes and stuff off right. for Pam. Yeah. So and Pam's like, Hey, you know, you've got to do this as a landlord. So he does all this stuff to, you know, makes the building better. And we see that, you know, he saw her, um, you know, with Jim and felt bad for her. So mm-hmm. he, he let up. He's like, no, I don't have compassion. <laughs> Make sure you get yeah. that. I'm not compassionate. Because he has this whole big story about, uh, like, the smart vampires are the ones that don't kill people, but let them, you know, live so they can feed on them for years instead of one night. <laughs> right, right. A very dark uh, but we, analogy. Yeah. But we do get this shot of him, like, in the car. Um, and like, he's, he's clearly like happy mm. that he was able to like do this thing. Right. 
Um, and then lastly, Daryl receives one more text. Right, because Daryl earlier had like threatened to like re- to block Andy completely. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the text reads, "Crazy pigeon, pigeon action, come to the parking lot or something like that." <laughs> yeah, there's these pigeons just like go into town on some ice cream. Yeah, one of their heads is like covered in vanilla. It's wonderful. <laughs> I wonder if that was a setup shot or like it just kind of happened and they decided to go for it. Yeah, it had to be a set uh, set up to some degree. Must be some trained pigeons, not specifically to eat ice cream, but uh, just to chill out. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, and that that that's it. So mm-hmm. everybody kind of ends up as friends, and it's all happy. Right. I mean, not Oscar. Oscar still is probably a little salty about the whole thing. <laughs> I feel like Oscar's always salty. Yeah, that's right. That's just like his just persona now is salty Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think, man? Uh, this episode's okay. Like. Coming into it, I thought my things with my ratings would be reversed. Yeah, but I gave this uh, I gave this a three out of five. Uh, Secrets up high. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I it's the same as the last episode. Just like a lot of people get to do stuff here. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Nate throughout the whole show. He's just kind of he's a weird guy. And he's he comes a weird in. guy, but I think he's funny. Yeah, he has moments, but um, so the the instances where they lean on him, I'm not a fan, but. I do like this episode quite a bit. So it's a 3.5 out of 5. I didn't think of a pun. <laughs> so that's that's what that is. Yeah, solid <laughs> solid stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, again, you can check us out at brokenjars.xyz. Um, next time, we're getting in sort of into the meat of it, right? We've got classy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we are quickly running out of Michael Scott episodes. It'll probably be very sad when we're, when we're done with it. Yeah, you thought I was real negative about The Office before. <laughs> oh, you... just just wait till I get to the Will Ferrell episodes, man. I'm going to be like like a yeah, whole tub of like popcorn salt of salty. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I hate those episodes. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for coming out. You can find me on Twitter at, at Jacob Ingalls. Uh, Jay Ray's on like Instagram. Yeah, J-A-Y underscore underscore R-E-Y. Yeah, I yeah, I pull up Instagram like once every three weeks. But anyway, please, uh, thanks for coming out. Please check us out. Check out our other shows, Resident Follow Podcast, High Fantasy, Sim Talk, J-Ray's thing, if he's still doing that. I don't know what you're doing. We're, we're retooling. It's going to come. Don't it's worry. It's going to come. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> that is what she said. <laughs> yeah. So. Everyone have a have a good a week and we'll see you next time. Bye.